Hello, and welcome to the Player to Prospect podcast. The following episode features a conversation with Scott Laverty, a head coach at Chapman University in Orange, California. To support the podcast, go to playertoprospect.com. That's player, the number two, prospect.com. And now I present to you, Scott Laverty. No, but you you actually mentioned something uh, that I did not even consider, which was the shortening of the drafts. Um, wow, yeah, I but you sparked another thought bubble, uh, which is there's a lot of changing rules with recruiting, right? In terms of when players can actually show up on campus for visits. Um, that's the one that sticks out to me. Are there any other rule changes, at least since my college days, which is the last couple of years? Like that yeah, not, not that? really. I mean, basically for us, the, the guidelines are, are real simple. I mean, we can contact any, any player that's basically a junior or senior and, okay, yeah. um, um, and so that's 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 the simple there's some little nuances to it but that's the simple crux of it um at division three we don't have to follow the you know we don't have a recruiting calendar we don't have mandatory you know dead periods and stuff like that which is which is nice um yeah you know, for us to continue to do a few things in those periods where the d1s um, can't get you know get a few things going but um right. You know, the, the the D1s are getting regulated and we'll really see. It's going to be interesting come January uh, at the NCAA convention, um, you know, when, you know, all this stuff that's been coming down the ladder, the NIL, mm-hmm. um, all that stuff, that's when stuff's really going to start to change uh, as things get voted on in January. And, and of course, you know, Division One football is going to drive the drive the bus a, a little yeah. bit per se. And my uh, my thing to, to them is don't forget the little guys. Um, you know, Division One football, not so much, but the Division One basketball tournament um, supplies everything for all levels of NCAA. So our yeah. our championship money um, to to be able to play a D three baseball championship comes from the revenue gained by the Division One men's basketball tournament. So wow. um, that's how much money it is, and that's all that's all sports. That's all however many sports D three is you know, putting championships in 26, so that's football, that's soccer, that's basketballs, all that money. And so, um, you know, the, the big thing, the scream from the rooftops is for all these D1s to, you know, not get so selfish that uh, they forget about what they actually do. Um, you know, they, they provide the opportunity for thousands and thousands of athletes to have a positive experience. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even consider that that was such a, a big ripple effect. Yeah. Um, can you talk about any of the things specifically that are being voted on in uh, January? Um, so um, a lot of the legislation, as far as the rules, how are they going to handle um, things? So a lot of this is kind of division one driven. Yeah. You know, so what, what the rule book's going to look like, um, you know, uh, the, some of the big things, at least in baseball are, you know, um, a third and, you know, a fourth paid assistant, um, mm-hmm. you know, more scholarship money, um, you know, all of that stuff is is coming down the line as far as baseball is concerned and then in general they're just they've just had to revamp the entire the entire rule book for the ncaa yeah uh, which you know probably needed uh, and be more division specific um you know like i just took a rules test and there's things in there that talk about division one well i'm not division one why do i need to you know, take a <laughs> test on division one rules because there are certain nuances um that that go to that so um, yeah. So there, it's going to be more division specific and give a little bit more credence to each each level um, as well. So okay, it's it's a neat, scary time. All at the same you know time, there can be some great change, 
Um, Division three's got some really neat uh, things, including expanded fall, because uh, we have a very uh, you know minimal fall, uh, mm-hmm. especially here on the west coast. But um, but there's you know there's things with expanded fall and and more contact with your players and different things like that. So there's a lot of neat things that that could go on. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, it's kind of neat and scary all at the same time to see what happens. Yeah, that is exciting. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, because of how much it could really impact every yeah. program. Correct. Um, okay, so I want to just uh, – I do want to go into, like, the fall and how, yeah. like, the fall is going right now. But first, I do want to, like, mini-introduce you because, yeah. you know, even though it says your name in the title, I yeah. mean, Scott Laverty, you, uh, you picked up um, your – or you started your coaching career – um at chapman in what year again it was 20, 2013 2014 14? 13 14 13 yeah the 14 season yes. was my so i started fall of 13 and and then my first season here was the spring of 14 yeah gotcha and was that your first head coaching career uh job no i was at the university of redlands um okay for yeah, 14 yeah. years previous so from 2000 to 2013 i was the head coach at the university of redlands Okay. And then uh, for three years prior to that, I was an assistant at uh, UC Riverside where I played. And that, yeah, that's where you played. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say, and yeah. you also, you went to, what was it like the D2 national championship in 94? Was yes. It? Yes. Yeah. I was a senior um, and uh, we took our team to the, to the uh, D3 world series in Montgomery, Alabama. D3. Was, okay. We went, we went to and barbecue, but uh, it was still, uh, <laughs> it was still fun. <laughs> oh yeah i mean it's a great experience for sure yeah. just to be there yeah. and uh and it also didn't take you a long time once you got to chapman uh to win your first tournament that was in 2018 right 2019 yep mm-hmm. 2019 got you and then you also won the d3 world series that year yeah. right? oh yep yep so we won the first guy tournament in 18 and then the world series in 19 correct got you and yeah. then you've also you've been back to uh regionals super regionals you know for and we can talk about how that works. Um, and maybe I don't know if it's different with uh, Division One, but if you want to talk about that too, that'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I do want to go into the fall first for how your yeah. players, like what, just what's going on right now with your players. Yeah. Um, and then we can talk a little bit more about the other things. Yeah. So that's one of the things that's neat with, like I said, with some possible changes coming down the line where we can get some more access to our players. We're a little bit more limited in the fall, depending on um, each school has its own right to kind of make and choose. We get 19 weeks to use throughout the course of the whole whole academic year. So fall and spring together. Wow. So our season, um, just because we're in California and we can start earlier, we usually about use about 17 weeks starting mid-January through um, our conference tournament. Mm. So, so that means we only left with two weeks in the fall. Uh, where we can actually work with the players hands-on. Um, and so, and that's limited to only four days per week. So we get eight practices is what we got. Really? Oh yeah, my gosh. <laughs> and so, huh. okay. um, so, um, so we finished, we did ours. We usually do ours the end of September, 1st of October. We do get one play date um, where we can play two nine inning games. Um, and we always play Saddleback Community College because their coach and I played together at UC Riverside. Um, yeah. So we, we bring them up and and we have some fun, uh, you know, just scrimmaging each other. Uh, you know, so we get, um, you know, the, the so our our time is limited, but there's so many other ways. You know, I'm I'm a I'm a glass half full type of guy. Yeah, we're excited okay. about more opportunities to try and get out there. We need it. If if somebody deserves more time 
on the field it's division three athletes because they've got their academics squared away i don't have to worry about guys being ineligible if somebody needs less time it should be the division one guys you know, oh yeah absolutely with, uh, with class time and different things like that so um our, our guys deserve the opportunity to uh, you know to you know to, to be able to work on their game and be coached at it more because they've got their academic priorities squared away mm-hmm. and we're excited that there's some you know positive changes coming down the line it looks like so we're excited about that um but um you know we start school um right after right after the holiday you know end of august um and we're in the weight room right away uh, we have a weight training class so the guys sign up for it so we see them you know two to three days a week in in the gym, which is nice um, that we can work with them uh, since it's a class, which is, which is nice. And, um, you know, so throughout the fall, we're seeing them in the weight room, you know, uh, two to three times a week, uh, which is good. So that gives us a good basis to start on. Then we start, uh, we have our our couple of weeks of practice. And so that finished, you know, a week or so ago now. Mm -hmm. Um, And now we roll into technology has played a big, a big factor um, in, in being able to do a few things. Um, we have our own indoor facility so the guys can go and, and, and swipe their card and get in, you know, in, during the day to get, to get swings, to, you know, throw bullpens, to do things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, we use blast motion, um, for our hitters. And, and one of the neat things about blast is it syncs all your swings up to video. So yeah. the guys can come, the guys can come in on their own time, sit down, Hey coach, you know, uh, are you going to be in your office today? I want to come in and look at the swings that I had. Um, you know, so we can sit down with them on their own time whenever they want uh, and, and go over stuff on, on video and things like that. So so technology has been a big boost for us um, over the last few years to be able to increase a little uh, a little contact during the fall, because before, you know, 10 years ago, it was tough. I mean, you're still trying to use a, a you know, a camcorder or something like that to record and then get it get it there. And so, yeah, um, so. Our, our contact with, with the players has, has improved, you know, throughout the fall. Um, you know, so there's still a lot of things going on, but it does give the guys a good opportunity to you know, really focus on studies as well. Some guys take an extra class uh, during the fall. Uh, mm. They know their, their time's going to be a little bit um, not as heavy baseball-wise, so they can, they can work towards a minor or different things like that. Um, so there's, there's some positives to that as well. And the new changes are just talking about one of the things that's been thrown around is, is 24 dates, um, you know, in, in the fall, which would be, you know, for us, it'd be three times as, as much contact. Yeah. Um, but we could do it on our own if we just have 24 dates Well, we could, you know, work and schedule, you know, around classes, around different things, um, you know, so it'd be really easy to, you know, provide that extra contact within the, the basis of being able to stay you know, we're adding three times as much more time, but it really isn't because we're just maybe taking up just a little bit more of their free time. We're not trying yeah. to miss class or, or do things like that. So it's it, it's going to be a real benefit, uh, hopefully, that it, if it goes through, which would really, really improve the fall. Because especially, you know, Chapman, we don't have, um, you know, necessarily a problem with retention of just students. I'm not talking student athletes. I'm just talking about students in general. Sure. But Division Three is a it's a strong business model for a lot of smaller rural um, institutions where you have 20, 22 sports and you're bringing in 40, you know, 40 baseball players. Well, that's 40 tuition dollars. Um, yeah. So that's big for the school. Um, and so, so you want to do everything you can to keep retention. Um, you know, so if, if one of those schools 
lots of Midwest and East Coast schools, they might use three or four weeks in the fall uh, because they don't start as early as we do. They might not start until the first of February because the weather back there, you know, right. so they might have a little bit more extended fall, but that's still it. Can you imagine, you know, here's my three weeks and then turning the kids loose. Um, and yeah, what does wow. that mean for, what does that mean for retention? What does that mean for the kids, uh, health, um, you know, just of what they're trying to do. So, um, so there's a lot of neat things going on with the fall in general for, for D3 sports. And it's not just a baseball thing. It's a, it's a, you know, a full, you know, all the sports things, which would just increase some of those things, um, you know, tremendously. You mentioned, um, what was it? A two week practice period in the fall, which, I mean, I didn't know that was a thing that immediately jumped out to me as something that is alarmingly short. Um, so I guess players in your program, they're almost forced to be very proactive with you guys in almost their own development too. Obviously you guys are making uh some serious moves and you know providing technologies and allowing them to come in and meet with you guys uh do you see maybe like um not necessarily a trend but do you find that like the players that are investing the most time you know outside of that two-week practice period are also developing and like seeing some good strides in the fall which is very important yeah I think at any level, but at our level, especially part of our job is what, what I like to say is part of our job is to coach the player to co- be able to coach themselves. Um, I love so that. We, yeah. We need to, we need to be able to help them identify a few things. So if we're talking hitting, um, I need to be able to talk about them, you know, with them about something, whether it's when we're in person and I can actually, you know, work with them or whether we're watching video or different things like that. I need to be able to help them understand what's going on, understand the reason why, and then um, they need to go away and be able to implement that um, because mm-hmm. that's the only next step that we can make is once they've got that under control. Um, if we have to keep coming back, it's just a, it's a teaching thing. This is not a sports thing. This is whether yeah. you're teaching math or anything. Um, you have to help the, the student gain, gain a grasp of whatever it is you're trying to do, whether it's geometry, setting mechanics, whatever, um, so that they can start to, for lack of a better term, master it a little bit and then mm-hmm. be able to add to it. Um, you know, so, um, you know, I can't I can't do something with somebody unless until they get their base sked, uh, squared away swing wise. You know, uh, and until they do that, it's not going to help to move their hands or do something like that. There's yeah. uh, same thing with the pitcher, you know, there might be something that you need to do first before you can move on to the next thing. Um, and so yeah. you need, you need the, them to be able to, as a, a, a student athlete, you know, the student of the game to be able to work on that on their own as well um, and mm-hmm. be able to bring it up. So, so that's, that's definitely a key, key piece of helping them you know go. So, but then they do have to be motivated um, because that doesn't happen uh, just during the, you know, the 2.30 to 5, you know, a couple hours of practice time schedule. If, if that's all you're doing, especially in college, it's, it's unfortunately, it's just not enough. You're going to have to, you know, find time to, to do stuff on your own to, you know, to be able to, you know, again, master some of those pieces so that we can start taking the next steps to help you uh, within your game. Definitely. And you work with hitters more so? Yes, correct. Okay. So, yeah. um, I, I mean, I just saw this personally uh, at the schools that I went to, um, but I was curious whether or not you have um, sort of like a solidified team philosophy for hitting or if it's a little bit more individual based, because I don't know if a lot of high school recruits 
understand that some programs, you know, they have a pretty solidified um, and like, I don't want to say one dimensional, but it's very, um, very concrete, their approach, maybe like, it's kind of like a team yeah. way of hitting. Uh, yeah. So what it what is your sort of philosophy around that? Yeah, and, and the way I think it's a great question. And I don't, um, this might be more new school than than a lot of people. Um, but the way I like to define it in anything we do, whether we're coaching pitching, hitting infielders, you know, philosophy, uh, we're not cookie cutter coaches. So we're not going to okay. make everybody fit in the same mold. So pitching, for example, Coach Edwards, our pitching coach, who's been here for 20 years, he's a genius. Um, the <laughs> the amount of success that he's had with with pitchers, getting them drafted, you know, our guy Nick Garcia going in the third round, you know, mm-hmm. throwing you know 87, 88, and then all of a sudden he's 95 uh, because he's listening and 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 Coach Coach Edwards knows how to to get it out of him. Um, but you know, in pitching, there's so many things. There's there's okay drive line. There's crossover symmetry. There's this. There's that. And um, look, you come into our program, and one of the things that you're seeing from players today, even more so than ten, it started to grow ten years ago. You know, even more so than fifteen years ago. But um, players are coming in today with a little bit better grasp of their individual skills, and I think that's because of the amount of individual coaches that they hire which is great. And they go to their own pitching coach. They go to their own hitting coach. We're great. Um, that's, that's fine. Obviously um, some coaches kind of poo poo that and go, well, no, don't listen to him. I'm your coach now. <laughs> well, yeah. obviously if, if they went to a pitching coach and now you're recruiting them to come play for you, that probably means the pitching coach had something to do with his success, you know? So yeah, there's some logic behind would, that. <laughs> yeah. Why would you, why would you say, gosh, you know, we're not going to listen to this, you know? And so, um, so kids are coming today more, more individually ready, you know, so we mm-hmm. don't necessarily have to teach them at least at the college level as much how to feel the basic ground ball, how to, you know, what their pitching mechanics should, should look like and different things. They've got a little bit better grasp of that. So now we can just build on that, which is great for, for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't have to, not everybody has to do it the same way, you know, so we've got people that come in that have done drive line. You know, they want to continue to do some of that stuff. Okay, well, I mean, if if you're still getting people out and you're staying healthy and you're doing the things that we want you to do, you know, to be successful, well, then we'll we'll work with it. We're not going to just you know shut you down. And go okay, now now you're at Chapman. Here's the way you got to do it. Uh, yeah. I don't think that's the right way to do things um, because they're coming in with an individual skill set, especially in baseball, football, basketball. You know, those are, you know, yeah, you, you come in here and we're running this type of offense, you know, on that, okay, that's, mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah, that's what you, you know, you know, but baseball is, can be so much more individualized. So I don't think it's right. So that cookie cutter approach, we're not going to make, try and make everybody fit in the same thing. Offensively, every swing is different. Um, some guys do, you know, hands up, some guys hands down, barrel, barrel up, barrel down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, there's, there's just certain places that you have to be to be successful. So I think that's yeah. one of our strengths is that we bring people in. We, we obviously recruited them here because we, we think they, they can play, but we don't rush to judgment. Um, I don't come in and say, okay, I've watched you hit now for the last you know year as a recruit. And I want you to do this. No. Well, obviously I recruited you because I think you're pretty good. So let's, let's see how you fare, you know, because mm-hmm. honestly in athletics, our best ally is failure. When oh, absolutely. The, when the player starts to fail, that's when they come crawling coach what's going on i need your help you know <laughs> um and so that's when they're the most adept to want to listen um, yeah you know, definitely and so 
Um, you know, so that's definitely a kind of our ally. So we we work from that approach going, hey, let's let's see what's what the player can do. Because if all I have to do is write Smith in the lineup for four years and Smith hits, you know, 360 and, and is an all conference player for, you know, three years, then, you know, great. That's, uh, <laughs> you know, I can spend more time with somebody else. Yeah. Oh, my. You mentioned the new school thing, too, which it's definitely yeah we're seeing across all levels too majors minors college you're seeing a shift like and you mentioned maybe not the last like 5 10 15 it's like slowly but surely started to yep. kind of compound in how much it's changing how fast it's changing yeah. um and i love i mean i if i were a high school recruit right now hearing that like that is so reassuring that you can come in and your f- personal philosophy and reasons why you even got there aren't going to be just shot down immediately i feel like i mean uh, uh, across the three schools i went to it i saw it at every school it was if you didn't kind of agree you know it wasn't really uh it not necessarily frowned upon but it almost was like mm, maybe let's not do that and it's like yeah. well it's, it's what got you there so yeah. obviously obviously it works in some capacity yeah there's um, a there's a big term and that, that term is consistency. Mm. That's what, you know, in baseball, that's what you have to do to move up levels. Um, and so, yeah, of, of course, again, again, and that's the importance of understanding, okay, this is what got you here. Now, can it keep you consistent? And again, that's what we want to find out. So we all have to find that out um, and, mm-hmm. and not let our, I think, unfortunately, you know, coaches, we, you know, we let our egos get in, in the way sometimes of going, Hey, it's supposed to be this way or it's supposed to be that way. Um, and, um, I, I think the more that we can, you know, understand that and work through them, because again, when they, if it doesn't work and they start to fail, boy, they're, they're going to be the first ones wanting to jump on the train coach. Tell me, you know, tell me what I can do at this level now to be successful. Oh yeah, definitely. But it, I mean, it makes sense because some coaches it's tried and true their philosophy and it makes sense why they'd want to implement that to every yeah. new recruit. I get that. But then there's also the other side where it's like, let's start experimenting a little bit and see see what sticks on the wall, you know, which again, it sounds like that's more the direction that you guys go in, which I love. Um, And I feel like we're going to see a lot more of that going, you know, going forward in baseball, especially like you said, with implementations of technology as well, how that is impacting the game. Um, I mean, can you remember um, like the last time you guys didn't have all, all the technology or, Maybe what year you started seeing that change, you know, the implementation of technology into baseball, at least at your like at the college level. Well, I remember at Redlands where I was before, I mean, maybe Mm -hmm. the late 2000s, 2008, 2009, um, you know, we we had our first conference championship in 06. We just really had some good teams, um, um, you know, rolling through there. But I remember how excited I was when, you know, somewhere right around there, we got a camcorder. We were able to videotape BP. And then we had a TV in the in the in the press box, and we were mm-hmm. able to go back, plug the camcorder into the TV, and and roll back and watch the swings. I mean, yeah, you know, how cool that was to be able to do that, you know, right then and there, um, and and how much it's grown still from from there. So, um, you know, those are yeah. I mean, the things that we can do now and the information that we can get um, is, is tremendous, but. You know, it's like rap soda. Everybody wants to know their spin rate. Everybody wants to know this. Everybody wants to know that. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard um, Tim Kirchin uh, on the who was talking about Max Scherzer and his start the other night. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, they were talking about, uh, they were worried about his oblique. He couldn't throw his cutter. You know, how was he feeling? Um, uh, his, his spin rate was down on all his pitches. Um, yeah, he's just, it's been 162 games. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Can, uh, the guy can't be perfect um, um, all the time. So we're, we're getting caught up. It's great information. Uh, it's still about getting people out or getting a hit or doing those types of things. So yeah, your spin rate is, you know, 1900 on your fastball but you know you've got a 2.2 era and you've won 15 games in the big leagues who cares yeah you know? yeah um, it should be a an individual diagnostic of what's going on with that player you know mm-hmm. hey max scherzer spin rates down in the first month you know of the season um you know as they're snow and go well then you can use it as a hey what's what's going is his oblique you know hurting do we need to you know sit him you know it should just be an internal diagnostic of what's going on with the individual not an absolute of what has to happen to get people out Uh, that's just not true in my opinion definitely okay so uh would you say you you like to maybe for like new players who aren't as experienced with the tech, you want to ease them into it. Do you like to show them the data and everything you got right away? Or do you say, okay, if you like this stuff, like you can use it. Uh, if you don't so much, like that's okay. And maybe we'll yeah. implement some if things aren't working out and we can start looking at things in a different light. Yeah. Um, no, because the data is there. So they're going to delve into it. They're going to dive in, you know, so okay. there's no, no reason trying to hide it. Um, from yeah. Them. Um, um, it's more about now what, you know, if there's something that we think we can improve upon, you know, I, I try and explain how that data is going to change, what it should look like, um, you know, uh, as opposed to trying necessarily give them a number. Okay, this one should start to go up. This one should start to go down, whatever. Um, and, and as opposed to give them like, oh, it needs to be 2300, you know, mm-hmm. give them give them a better goal. I think that's an important thing in goal setting, setting is make it realistic. I mean, yeah, uh, 2300 spin rate, great. Okay, maybe that's where, you know, I would like to try to get to, but, you know, that might not be possible for me, you know, so let's, oh, let's, yeah. try, and, let's try and increase our spin rate over the next month. Let's let's try and get it up whatever amount that we can. Um, so same thing, you know, okay, here's here's the, uh, you know, uh, angle, you know, of, of the, the exit angle. Okay, well, let's, we need to, you know, we're, we're trying to do this, this, and this. So if we do it properly, then the angle should go down or the angle should go up. So mm-hmm. give them something to look at uh, to so that the numbers, the metrics can reinforce what they're doing mechanically within their swing, within their pitching, whatever it might be. Um, yeah. So it's, 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 it's like I said, it's impossible to try and hide it from them because it's right there. They're going to want to see it and then uh, yeah. give them, give them the information of what they need to do with that to take their swing to the next level, to make it better. Mm-hmm. I remember um, being in junior college too, uh, where we had, pretty much no technology uh that that wasn't even a thought it was more just go out and play you know uh like just work on you know your craft and everything like it's more results based yeah so and a lot of people talk about the process i'm a big proponent of the process Mm -hmm. uh as opposed to getting like yielding immediate results um and i was just curious your opinion on like the fall and whether or not you see it as more of a process-based thing where you're just looking for maybe incremental gains or if it's like okay the guys that are producing right now in the fall and if they're producing right like right now in the week or two before the season like those are the guys that i'm going to lean on immediately yeah Uh, absolutely that's one of our core values is is being process oriented Mm -hmm. um in everything that we um and 
um, our success has been built on that. Uh, my mm-hmm. my success has been built on that as a player. Um, you know, playing on winning teams, going to the World Series as a player, um, as a coach, building building the Redlands program up, um, and then coming back here and, and now doing what we've been able to do. That's because the way that I put it, what does it take for us to be successful? That's the process. That's the definition of process to me. Mm-hmm. What does it take for me to be successful? Whether it's swinging the bat, throwing the pitch, fielding a ground ball, being a teammate, all of those things. Um, and so what does it take for us to be successful? And if we worry about those things and concentrate on those things, not the result, not that I lined out, not that I struck out, not that I gave up a hit, um, those types of things. What does it take for me to be successful? That is the one of the top of the things, um, mm-hmm. especially in baseball and especially as a hitter, you know, 70% of the time you're out, um, you know, yeah. and so you have to really, really lean on the process and the, what does it take for me to be successful? That's key. Uh, and that's yeah. a key component of, of what our success has been for sure. It's almost ironic because I feel like just in my experience, um, the, the programs that emphasize that the most actually yield the best results as opposed to the ones that focus on the results so heavily that it, it almost hinders their development. And so that's what, that's one of the things why we have to, uh, one of the, one of the things I tell my, my players is we're a reason why program, we need to tell you why you are doing something. And again, cause that helps you, that helps you coach yourself. Right. Yeah. Um, and so really trying to understand, um, you know, why it's going on. So if you have a question, you know, there's some things that, you know, it's still not a democracy. I'm a dictator. I get to, you know, <laughs> to, to set the you know, the tone on a few things. Um, but if you're really confused, I say, come and ask me, let's talk about it. You know, mm-hmm. let's, let me tell you why. And, and so when we do things during practice, so frequently I'm stopping, you know, when, when a good example happens, okay, guys, remember we're in this relay situation because of this example right here, this is why it occurred. And this is why we want to put ourselves here because it keeps us from, you know, allowing that person to take an extra base or, or do whatever. Um, and so when they can really understand the why, um, you know, that allows them to transfer information into long-term memory. It gets mm-hmm. out of short-term memory. It goes into long-term memory. And so that then they can see and react just like I'm taking a test, you know, yeah. um, taking a math test. I'm, I'm studying, I get it all. I really get it. I get it into long-term memory. So it becomes a part of me. And so when that test comes, I'm like, bring it on, man, I'm taking this test, you know, yeah. um, the same, same thing. Um, same thing, you know, with, with athletics, it's, you know, once you get it, once you understand really why you believe in it, um, you know, why it's happening, um, then it, it helps it turn that into long-term memory, which now becomes, you know, really helps with reactions. You know, when you have to see it and react, um, it's already there. Yeah. And it also kind of on the other side of the ball trickles down into the culture. When the team uh, has like a firm belief and understanding of why they're doing what they're doing, yeah. you don't have players that are saying like, oh yeah, this is pointless. We do yeah. this way too long. It makes no sense. We don't get yeah. anything out of it. It's a waste of time. <clears throat> You have players who are like, oh, yeah, everything we do makes sense. Like it has a reason, you know, there's a there's a purpose to it. And I think that, you know, in turn would formulate a strong culture. Yep. And that builds leaders because then now those upperclassmen that are believing in you can now help the the newcomers coming in say, hey, this is what we do. You know, this is why mm-hmm. we do it. You know, coach just explained it. Remember here, this is what we do. This is why. Um, and so when there's that belief um, that trickles down to everybody. Um, then that helps them, you know, um, coach, because we um, we define leadership in our program as helping somebody get better. 
Okay. Mm. Um, you know, everybody has different things, but, um, you know, to be a leader in our program, you know, if you're helping somebody get better, you just let, if you remind somebody of where they need to be on a, on a double cut, um, you just let, you just help, you know, help them be better. And so, you know, that's an important factor you know, for sure, but that definitely leads towards culture items. Mm -hmm. That's very hard to do too, to help someone get better. Cause even, especially if it's in your immediate position, you feel like they might be gaining an edge over you. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I definitely, you know, struggle with that, not wanting to help someone out as yeah. much because I was like, okay, maybe they might get more innings than me, yeah. you know, but that that's very selfish thinking, obviously. Yeah. And it's not the ultimate f deciding factor in how much you play versus how much someone plays. Like you're going to play how much, you know, you're going to play. It's going to, yeah. you know, it's going to be a, a result of a lot of other things. Um, so, you know, leader, you know, talk about leadership culture um, and you've coached, you know, a lot of successful teams. Um, maybe this is one of them, uh, you know, the, the leadership aspect. Are there other factors that you've seen over the years contribute to those successful teams, some trends maybe that you've seen, some likely factors? Yeah, I mean, recruiting has definitely been been one of the big things of, of bringing in, um, you know, the right type of players. We, we go out and there's three things that I task my assistants with when we're out looking at players. Mm -hmm. I mean, the first one is a good person. We just want, you know, we just want good people. Um, you know, that's the, the, the starting point. We've all seen those guys that are really, really good players, but they're jerks. And if they mm -hmm. act like it, I, I'll, I'll, I don't care if they're the best player I've ever seen. I'll, I'll steer away. Um, because in baseball, again, especially the uniqueness of baseball, it's not one guy. It needs to be that that team. Mm -hmm. um, so the second thing for us is um, you have to have ability. Um, you know, like I said, you could be the best person in the world, but if you can't play, you can't play. <laughs> I can't, yeah. you, know, you have to be able to do some things baseball specific you know you got to be able to hit you got to be able to field you got to be able to you know to, to throw um, you know, so you have to have the ability and then the last thing for us is you got to want to learn because we're going to give you information um, and expect that you can implement that implement in information mm. to, to earn playing time because that's how you earn playing time in your program so i don't care freshman sophomore junior senior the only thing that that um um you know, being an older player gives you is, is experience, gives you a little bit more more time to fail. Maybe if you've done it before, you were an all conference shortstop last year and you earned the starting spot again um, and start to struggle. Well, I know that you can do it. You know, I'm not going to just panic mm -hmm. and yank you out of, the, out of the lineup, but there might be if you continue to struggle, there might be a point where I got to, you know, I got to make a move. I got to put somebody in. And. You know, and then, you know, one of the things I think is different about us is that well, you know, if I have to yank somebody that's been a starter for three years and they're in because they're struggling, well, then I failed, you know, coach, that's the mm -hmm. definition of coach. I'm the one that's supposed to help them figure it out. Yeah. They're, they're so, um, but there does come points in times where, you, Hey, you got to sit, buddy, you got to get them back on track. And so it's not just oh, darn Tommy, throw him at the end of the bench and bring the next <laughs> guy in. It's, it's, it's like, okay, I got to bring the next guy in, but Tommy, I'll meet you. I'll meet you in the indoor, get here early. Let's figure out what's going on. We, we got to, you know, my job is to do everything I can to get you back in there. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's an, an important factor as well, but that's all. And that's all goes towards that culture goes towards you know, those types of things. Mm -hmm. And it's also a lot easier for you to sub out 
that player when the guy on the bench is like consistently putting in the work. Um, you know, you see that he's not giving up because he's not getting the uh, playing time he wants and he's sticking with it. Um, what do you or, or do you uh, tell, you know, your guys who maybe don't get as much playing time uh, or do you give them like ways to learn uh, things to look at um, extra work that they can do um, in order to, you know, give themselves a better shot at yeah. getting implemented, you know, first off the bench. Yeah, I would hope, I would hope that the the, you know, the players that have you know played for me in the past and that, that have had to sit the bench for whatever you know a couple of years until they earn their time or whatever, um, you know, would would say that I, I work hard at communicating with them. I think that's the the best thing mm -hmm. that I can do. They're going to get information. They're still going to get you know, you know, technical information on their swing or or whatever else but just communicating those facts. So especially, you know, the last few years, we've kept a little bit bigger roster because of COVID. I uh, just didn't think mm. it was necessary to, to make as many cuts and, and different things like that. So, you know, we had 33 players last year and only 25 get to go to the playoffs. Um, mm -hmm. so there's a playoff roster. And so, um, you know, a month before the end of the season, you know, I was bringing guys in, you know, hey, Tommy, how you doing? You know, um, you know, I know you're not, you know, playing maybe as much as you like. This is, you know, what I see. Obviously, the guys that are playing in front of you are playing pretty good. Um, you know, you're, you're continuing to struggle with this, this, and this. Um, this is how we're combating it, um, you know, try and help you overcome it and to, to be better. Um, but at least, so communicating those things. And, I mean, last year, it was probably three times every other week for the, maybe the last six weeks, where j just even just five minutes during batting practice, you know, while they're standing in the outfield or doing something, just grab them and say, hey, I know you're working on this, um, you know, played in the last couple of weeks, you know, these are, this is why, um, and, you know, they, they could, they could disagree, you know, they could, you know, they could think that they should be playing, um, but um, that's okay. And they're, they're on to that as long as they know why from you that they're, that they're not playing uh, because I mean, I would guarantee probably hundred percent of the time that there's some part of what coach is telling them, that's that's right. Hey, you're just not swinging the bat really good right now. Can you swing it better? Yes, but you're not. And and they couldn't disagree with that, you know, because they've had yeah. they got a start, you know, two weeks ago and they went over three with three punch outs. Um, they get some time during the, the week versus live pitching and they still not swinging the bat well, where we're trying to give them opportunities, you know, to to get out of that funk, to help them, to coach them and, and to get out. But ultimately, they have to be able to do it themselves mm -hmm. uh, and prove that they can earn that, that spot. So communication is key for that, you know, to just, just yeah. to stay on the same page with them so that they know what's going on so that that keeps them invested um, in, mm -hmm. in the dugout as well. So they don't become, you know, just you know, guys that sit there and moping or, or stuff like that. Yeah. And it's a two way thing too. You're um, always taught uh, once you get into college, it's like, just show up and listen, you know, like every kid can listen yeah. uh, with intent, but I mean, there, there's a whole nother side of that. And it's speaking your mind. Like if you disagree, especially uh, yeah. because that will actually help you figure out like where the, the disagreement comes from, or like yeah. maybe you can figure out a solution. You don't just say like, okay, I'm going to listen to my coach. Then I'm just going to disagree and yeah. not say anything about it um how do you uh how do you work with that like just uh players who maybe disagree and uh do you find that actually that's maybe more beneficial for a player oh sure i mean i, I don't think um you know i don't think in in anything in life and in, in athletics is used in so many contexts as as you know whatever sport it is as life teacher so you know help us you know move on to to being productive citizens, pr productive parents, all those things. And so, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's it's good just to sit there and listen and and you know soak and, and be in your own mind about what what's going on. So uh, yeah, absolutely. It shows a it shows a degree of fight too. I want guys that want to play. I hope you want to play. I hope you believe that you should be playing. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to give you information as to why I think it's not personal, uh, and that's one of the things that I would say. It's you know we've had, I've had kids get mad at me. You know, coach, I should be playing. Okay, Tommy. Well, you know, this is why I think you're not playing. Look at let's look at let's bring in some numbers. I've given you some opportunities, and you're hitting 120. Um, yeah. I know it's tough. I know it's tough coming off the bench, maybe, and only getting a pinch hit there, there, or one start a weekend. I, I, I get it, but those are your opportunities, and mm-hmm. it's not fair. I wish it could be fair, but it's not. So you have to work hard to prepare for those opportunities, you know, when they come, and then you have to succeed. Because there's mm-hmm. guys, um, you know, there's guys that do work hard that that you go, man, you've done everything I've asked. There's a couple of players that I've had in the last uh, couple of years um, that just really haven't played very much for us. And they've done, they're, they're some of the strongest guys in the team. They've done everything what we've asked. It just hasn't panned out for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not for anybody's, we, we've worked, we've worked extra. It's not for anybody's lack of effort or anything. It just, that's, that's, that's life. That's, uh, oh, that's yeah. their life lesson as well. Um, and so, um, you know, there's, there's times that, you know, when that happens and, you know, so there, you know, I, there's not nothing I can say, Hey, uh, yes, you worked on your throwing, you worked on this, you worked on that. We tried this. I'm sorry that it didn't work out, um, but you're still, you're, you're hitting 100. What, you know, uh, you know, so I, I, you know, when, when I can get you an opportunity, I am, but you know, mm-hmm. right now you're just going to have to again, wait. And then when that opportunity arises, you have to take advantage of it. And I think that's one of the things that kids don't understand mm-hmm. as much is it's not fair. And then you have to be ready for your opportunity um, because it's not fair in the other aspect as well. Look at, you know, the bonus babies, you know, of <laughs> kids that sign in the minor leagues that get all these opportunities that just suck. Right. And, and kids around them are going, why is this guy getting the opportunities? Well, because they paid him the money, uh, you know, and so they're they're trying to get, you know, out of their investment. Oh, yeah. So it, it's not fair in that term that, you know, somebody gets too, you know, too much opportunity, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the bottom line is, is that when you, when you do get an opportunity, you have to be ready to try and perform. Yeah. You know? Those players yeah. almost have to be more ready too, because they get less opportunities. <laughs> Correct. So it can be, it can be a very, very difficult and frustrating. Uh, place to be. Yeah. Oh, frustrating as heck. Yes, ab- absolutely. Um, and, especially you get maybe mom and dad involved going you know why aren't you getting more time um and, mm. and it's tough uh, it, it's just you know they the, the, there just isn't you know one of the things there just isn't you know there's 27 outs you know that, that's mm-hmm. it um and so in, in trying to win a baseball game we're still trying to do you know, the things and play the people that are going to give us that opportunity yeah at the end of the day it, it's still a game that you're trying to yeah. win you know yes um I didn't even consider this, but I, I would hope that parents listen to this as well because it's so important for them to understand your side of the coin, like yeah. that how difficult your job is. Honestly, um, not only for you know playing playing the right guys, figuring out who to play on every single day, um, but even just um, like who you, who you even individually decide to say, yeah, I'm interested enough in this guy to you know give him an opportunity to come to this school. So how does that recruiting process work for you 
uh, in your position because you also have a recruiting coordinator uh, on your staff Mm -hmm. and you know you're the head coach so maybe you don't do as much of the recruiting as the main recruiting coordinator so how does that uh, that process uh, work from from your side yeah so we're um, Chapman especially it's it's we've kind of built off the success that Chapman's having right now just Mm -hmm. as an academic institution it's very, very well sought after our business program, um, you know, our sciences, we just added engineering. So Chapman as a school, as a university is just blowing up. So mm-hmm. we started to see just all kinds of interest from kids across the country, knowing about Chapman's business program or, or economics or our film school, which is, you know, number four in the nation, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know so seeing, you know, those types of things. So, um, really taking after that because if I didn't have to worry about grades or finances, I could recruit a 10 mile radius of Chapman and never leave, you know, but, but when I throw in $75,000 a year and, and 3.8 or better type of deal, you know, that, that limits our, our pool. So we really need to expand out uh, nationally. So about five years ago, we really started to to expand nationally Mm -hmm. um, and uh, working events where our recruiting coordinator could get back on the East coast, you know, two or three times, uh, to to encourage those players that are interested in us, you know, to maybe go to one of those events so that we could see them in person um, and go from there. So we work hard, um, you know, to to get out and about. Um, between myself, I still I still travel and go go see see players, um, and I've had some really really good recruiting coordinators, um, you know, with us. Um, uh, Coach McMullen, my latest, just got a head coaching job at a, at a school in Boston, um, so we're excited excited for him, um, but. You know, still getting out and, and, and seeing um, and, and sticking with those three things that I talked about, you know, good people who have some ability that want to learn. Uh, and so we can kind of see that in the way that they play, uh, the way that we can interact with them in some of these camps and showcases um, and, and different things. Uh, going to do day. Um, and yeah. How that goes. Let's get that plug in. Um, totally. You know, and uh, and seeing, um, you know, how being able to interact with players a little bit and see you know how they do and, and those types of things. So. Um, it is because I, I don't care all these things that we've talked about culture and and how we're going to teach people and what technology we're going to use. Um, the, the bottom line, if you don't have players, you're not going to be any good. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you, you've got to have some guys with some mobility. So, yeah, so we definitely try and get out and uh, and see you know, those, those players. And like I said, one of the things that a lot of them don't realize is some of the things that we talked about right at the beginning with the toughness as far as, you know, just COVID and, and people using extra years and, you know, five and six years of eligibility. And, yeah. and then the minor leagues, you know, uh, you know, cutting teams and, and now there's fewer teams. So now there's kids that might've been in the minor leagues and that are now in, in college baseball and that's trickling down and pushing, pushing people out at the bottom, you know, basically that might've been, you know, good enough. It might've been a roster spot, but now there's no, no thing, but, um, one of my favorite numbers, if you Google it, just Google um, high school NCAA, and it'll give you the numbers of every sport. You know, I think mm-hmm. it was updated last year, but in baseball, it's like 7.8% of high school players play in an NCAA program. That's one, two, and three. So it's like, yeah. it's like 2.1% in division one, 1.9 in division two and 2.8 in division three, because we're the biggest, you know? And so, mm-hmm. but that's it. So, so 3% of high school baseball players are playing in division three. I mean, that's crazy. Um, yeah it's not it, it's it's a simple math thing in the sense that there's i don't know how many high school baseball programs are across 20 20,000 30,000 
and there's yeah. fewer than there's fewer than a thousand NCAA schools. So just do the math that says, hey, it's you know, <laughs> there's not room for for everybody to play. Uh, yeah, and that's just getting on the team. That's not getting yeah. regular playing time, <laughs> correct? Uh, performing well, a chance at pro ball. Yep. Um, do you um do you incorporate the pro ball sort of um aspect into your into your recruitment because you've had you know guys go pro out of your program yeah absolutely why not be the best of the best um i think that's again it's another life indicator um you know usually about 50 percent of our guys on our team are business they do you know in our business program which is excellent our, our business program is fantastic mm-hmm. and um uh, i i liken it to go hey okay well you know you, you graduate chapman and you just want to be a number cruncher or do you want to be the ceo you know, go, go be the CEO, go work up to be the CEO. So why not, why not try and work to be the best that you can be and then yeah, find out where yeah. that takes you. You know, it might not take you to be CEO. It might take you to be a vice president of something, but that's perfect. That's where you want to be. You love it. You're good at it. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, some people will see, oh man, I don't want to do what the CEO does. I mean, there's lots of assistant coaches that go, I don't want to do what the head coach does. I'm good at being an assistant, you know, <laughs> yeah, um, because of all the, all the other stuff that you've got to do as a head coach. So um you know, so, but at least it gives you that opportunity to try and try and be the best as you can be. And then, and then you can look at it and go, man, I, I, I tried like me personally. I mean, I got to play, you know, a couple of years of independent baseball, but when the, the coach called me in and said, you know, sorry, we're releasing you. I'm like, eh, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I was, I was hitting 220 and not doing very well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But you gave it. your all. I, yeah, I gave it my all. And that was the best that I could be because I, mean, I, I was a good player. I was, you know, I did a lot of good things, but when it tried to get to the best of the best, again, consistency, like I said earlier, um, uh, this, the players got a little bit better and it was tougher for me to be more consistent. Um, you know, because yeah. they were better than me. Um, and so I could look at myself and go, Hey, okay. I, that's pretty cool. I did everything I could. Now it's, now I can move on to the next thing. And the coach actually asked me, so, so I'm going to release you, but, um, the the hitting coach that we were bringing in, you know, is deciding not to to come. Do you want to stay and be our hitting coach? I'm like, sure, sure, absolutely. <laughs> no so, way! Wow. Yeah. You know, oh my so, gosh. So, uh, you know, so that's kind of how I started my my coaching career. I'm like, hey, I think I might want to coach, so might as well stay. Might I was going to ask. That was one of my questions. Is like, yeah. how did you even get into coaching? So it's yeah. that right there. Yeah, yeah. No, I I thought about it as I was playing because I just loved the game so much, and and then. Um, um, I was in the Frontier League and Independent League okay, uh, at yeah. that time, um, and I was with the Evansville Otters, and um, uh, I got released right before the start of the season. They're like, yep, no, this is it, and, but the coach is like, hey, I, I need a third base coach. I need somebody to, you know, work with the infielders and the hitters. You know, would you stay, you know, um, and uh, I'm like, shoot, I'm here. I don't want to go back home, <laughs> you know, yeah. I might as well, you know, and so uh, I got to coach that minor league season. We played like 90 games, and we went to the um, – we lost in the championship series. Uh, unless we had a good year and it was fun. And I'm like, okay, hey, I want to do this. And so I went back to UC Riverside and started my master's. I got my master's from Cal Baptist and uh, while I coached at UCR and and then was lucky enough to be in the right right time to get the job at Redlands and then move on over here. Wow. Oh my gosh. That is so funny. Cause I yeah. mean, you know, I, as someone who also went to college, I mean, I just, a couple of guys are like, yeah, I think I want to go into coaching, you know, maybe. And then they go on, keep playing. Yeah. And uh, it's funny because it's like, yeah, it just kind of happens. Like you said, like right place, yeah. right time. Yeah. Uh, it just like happens. Um, yeah. That's so funny. Um, I wanted to touch a little bit back on the recruiting side with yeah. kind of growing more on a national scale. Um, How has that impacted your class to class sort of 
maybe size or just makeup in terms of local guys versus national guys? Sure. One of the things I think is unique about recruiting and, and not everybody can do it. I understand that there's, everybody's different. I mean, there's different things and you got to find out what, what works best at, at your place. But Chapman's a place where I don't have to keep 35 guys. You know, we talked about, talked about division three being a business model where some, you know, a smaller school in, in, in the Midwest, rural Midwest, you know, they, they need to keep 35 baseball, you know, just to keep, you know, just to help everything, you know, to keep, help the mm-hmm. institution um, do other things. I don't, you know, Chapman doesn't need us. They don't need us athletically. So we, we tend to keep a, a smaller roster. Um, but we tend to, we, we, we work hard to recruit what we need, mm. not just, you know, so like outfielders right now, we're loaded with outfielders. We've got people, you know, knocking down our door. Most of them were saying, yeah, he's a good player, but we've got these guys already. And I think part of the thing that coaches forget is that they owe the players that they brought into their program, the opportunity that they offered them to play when they, when they came, you know, so. Oh yeah. Shortstop is an easy one. I mean, you know, if we've got a shortstop, that's, you know, legit why are we going out and bringing in six shortstops when this guy was all conference last year because yeah. that guy's looking at us going coach what are you doing uh, it was all conference i'm gonna be all conference again you know it you know i'm a good player why are you bringing in six guys you know well they're most athletic or whatever um but that doesn't always translate that way um and, mm-hmm. and so um and and like i said not i understand not everybody can do it exactly this way um but i just would hope i, I think one of the keys for us is working hard to recruit our needs and and making sure that the players that we offered that came in as high recruits that they get the opportunities that we offered them Mm -hmm. Um, even if it's at the detriment of the hey they just don't pan out you know they don't work Uh, okay well um we'll we'll figure something else out we'll move somebody over we'll we'll, we will do something but um you know because that happens there are players that come in and just don't you know reach expectations doesn't mean they have bad careers or or whatever, but they just don't reach the expectations that maybe that you both had as a player and a coach. And it's mm-hmm. not bad. It's not wrong. It, it just is what it is. Um, but, but again, I think there's some, there's a fact there that, you know, we just can't just go recruit 50 guys every year and take the best and cut the rest. That's not, not the way to do it. You know? So, right. Um, so, you know, like I said, getting to recruiting, this was the, the, this year, this current freshman class that's here right now, was the year because we've had New York guys and Connecticut and, and East Coast guys uh, sprinkle in, but this year we have um, as a freshman right now a kid from Indiana, a kid from Georgia, um, a kid from Texas. Uh, you know, really started to expand. Um, you know, you know, out that way and, and getting the kids to to commit and want to come to to Chapman. And so, yeah, uh, it's been it's been good. And then of course our Southern California kids. I mean, you can't go wrong. Um, you know, getting some of the, the kids down down here, but. Uh, but still, like the, you know, both um, you know, the young man from Georgia is a pitcher. He's really good. I mean, he's been he, he's been upper eighties in his in his first few outings, and and he's got a chance to you know he's going to pitch for us. He's going to throw important innings for us right now. Um, and so um, you know, that's and that's the thing. That's going out and and doing our due diligence on the East Coast and finding the guys that you know, that can be good enough to help us compete at the national level, but then also can. Um, can get into school here and then afford it as well. Mm-hmm. That's so important too, is um, just finding, finding guys that can fit all the criteria. Yeah. I mean, that is, 
it's definitely a challenge for you guys, but it seems like you don't have too much of an issue for it considering how many how many guys play high school baseball. Yeah. Um, in terms of how that kind of works, the navigating through like the can you afford it? Do you have the grades? Um, do you maybe see a prospect and make sure that they check all those boxes first before you kind of seriously pursue them? So um, I leave it up a little bit to my coaches on how they want to do it when they're at the individual events. Me personally, because okay. I know so, I know some coaches will just go go to the GPA thing and go, okay, three, two, three, one, nope, nope, cut, cross them off, you know, mm -hmm. uh, because it is, it's, it's more than likely they're not, they're just not going to be able to get in. Um, I don't personally like doing that. I like to see them play first and I can, I can mark somebody and say, Hey, I think they're pretty good. And then I see them play and then I go back and see they're a three, two, darn it. You know, um, yeah. that's, you know, I, I'd rather kind of see them, see their athletic ability and then go, okay, then see, go back and see, you know, start to try and check the boxes. Is it going to be there? You know, cause like I said, our average incoming students at three, eight, you know, so that's the average. I mean, that's you know, high. So we're, talking, we're talking three, six, three, five, you know, maybe can get in, but then, you know, you know, I can get you in as a three, five, three, six, but you know, you're not going to get any financial aid, you know, as a, yeah. you, know, you know, so now can you afford, you know, to pay full boat? So, so that's the tricky, tricky part of trying to now tick all those boxes, as you said, as you said, um, mm -hmm. you know, to, to see how it, how it works. But um, generally, I, and I think my other coaches kind of do, do similar. I think some of them, you know, will go off and, and, and look at some of the criteria before, beforehand, but I personally like watching, watching the guys and then going back and trying to tick the boxes to see you know, mm -hmm. what, what can work. Yeah. You mentioned events too, that you guys all go to. Is that the best way for you guys to find players is just seeing them play in games? Yeah. Um, and, and that's been the, you know, over the last 10 years, all, all these things, um, these showcases and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, they're not my favorite, um, but they've become a necessary part of what's going on because especially um, for us, like high school seasons, we barely go and watch kids play high school baseball. Anymore. Yeah, you can't. Um, because it's too late it's too late for us we, we're talking about a november like our first application deadline is november 1st and mm -hmm. then our second one is january 15th and if you don't have an application in by january 15th you're not getting in as a first year you know so yeah um you know because chapman's so popular so and so they haven't even started playing high school baseball yet so the summer before this last summer for all the 23 grads was key where we've got to identify get them interested get them to apply hopefully by this november 1st so that they can they can get in from by mid-December. Um, mm. They'll get acceptance. They'll get financial aid so that they can compare apples to apples. Okay, here's a D2 that I like, um, and this is what they're offering, and this is what it would cost. And, and so that it really gets everything in the same court um, so that the, the the young man and the family can make the choice that they think is right for them. Um, you know, so, um, you know, so it's really trickled into some of that, that it's just, you know, those are important things. The tournaments, the perfect game tournaments, the you know, the showcases and events, the Junior Olympics, the Senior Fall Classic, the Fall Classics in Arizona, you know, Baseball Northwest Championships, all of those types of things are just key for us to be at to 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 see players and then, you know, identify whether or not they're good fit for Chapman. Yeah. Is there an element of competitiveness with other schools since you know that other schools are going to be at those events too? 
it's one of my favorite things and, and some <clears throat> some more you know take it more serious than than others yes is absolutely the answer i mean mm-hmm. yeah we got him you didn't you know type of deal yeah um, but there's such camaraderie um you know we're all out there there's no secret you know who can play who can't play mm-hmm. um uh what you think and 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 some coaches maybe think high, a little bit higher of somebody than somebody else, which is, which is good, which is why they, why that player might go play for them. And so, you know, somebody else, but um, so for the most part, it, it's, it's a really neat time to go out and, and be in that atmosphere where you can talk about programs, talk about baseball, grow the game. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and so there's a real aspect of, of camaraderie out there. A lot of the coaches, you know, because you see them all the time, you, you get to know them, you work with them. Um, and then, and then you go recruit the players and, and, and see who lands where. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and then of course, then during the season, it's time to compete. Here, here we go. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, but it, it's, it's not a, it, it's not as bad or as, as, you know, cutthroat as you might think, you know, okay. it, it's pretty obvious as some of the things. And like I said, there's a, there's a pretty strong camaraderie between, you know, the coaches that are on the road, no matter what level, you know, and, and we see them all like, you know, here at D1, D2, D3, we see them all. You, you get connections with, with, with everybody hmm. um, and have that, that, to again, that baseball camaraderie with, with each other to go out there and, and try and find the best players for your program. Yeah. Now uh, I, you don't have to say dude day, but do you have like a favorite, you know, event that you guys like to go to, or is there one where you've seen some, uh, some consistent sort of uh, high level play where you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, this, this, this is a good event that, you know, if you're a high school kid listening to this, you should try to get into this event. This is a good event for you to go to. Yeah. I I mean, for, for us, I keep a tally of kind of where, where we, you know, or where we see our roster, what what events they attended, where where we might have seen them. Okay, yeah. Um, and so, and dude, Day is absolutely one of them. I mean, yeah, it, it's 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 something that's that's worked well. But um, head first, um, show ball, um, those have been. You know, they're not inexpensive. I mean, you don't have to do those things, um, but mm-hmm. they are bringing in fifty coaches. Um, you know, of all different levels. I mean, you know, to be seen. If you have no idea where you want to go and trying to be seen. I mean, those are, those are good things, but like I said, I mean, might be a thousand dollars, you know, to enter. I mean, it's not cheap. Yeah. On some of those it's things. crazy. So, yeah. I mean, some of them, but, um, but there are, are benefits uh, as well to be in front of all, all of those coaches. And so, and especially as a kid that really has no clue, um, you know, maybe it's a great place to start to do a couple of those, but then maybe as you start to get a little bit better communication with a few with a handful of schools then you should go look into their own prospect camps i mean every all, all of us mm-hmm. have our own you know where we yeah uh, where you know ours is next weekend you know so we go we see everybody all summer long and then you know we try and you know it's an open camp anybody can come but we try and invite you know the the players that you know, we're really interested in to come and work with our staff to be with us you know, to see what it's like to be at chapman Mm-hmm. so that you can start to whittle it down um you know to really and it's cliches but it's, it's trying to find the fit you know, what what's the right what's the right place for me yeah so, um you know so all of those you know there's so many um you know what you know best in the u.s you know you know pbr um all those things there's not you know as long as you and, and same thing with the recruiting services Baseball factory, NSA, baseball, you know, uh, whatever, um, you know, play to win. Um, 
if you believe you are getting out of it what you need, then it's great. Um, and then it's worth the money. It's worth all the other pieces if they're they're putting giving the connections. And so uh, there's there's things that you you know need, things that you don't need. You know? But if you really believe that you know NSA is is helping you or or, or PBR or whatever, then it's worth every penny that you're spending for it. You know. Yeah, definitely. If you're not getting you know what you need out of it, you're not getting the contacts, whatever. Then you know then it might be try to do something yourself or, or whatever so it, yeah my, my point is not everybody especially if it's if it's out of a financial reach for 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 some of those kids out there that just can't afford to join one of those things baseball factory all those things hey create your own youtube channel and you know you all have you know phones or have friends with phones you know just mm-hmm. upload your <clears throat> upload your video there and and email it to, to coaches you know wherever you're interested you know so there's ways to do it yourself as well that's exactly what I was going to ask because it's it's what I did in junior college too was literally formulate emails and just email schools like straight up just cold emails, um, yep. you know, just with schools that I was interested in. So yeah. I mean, it's good that you even mentioned that that um, it's you know useful as a player, a high school yeah. player, to be yeah. proactive about that. And yep. like you said, it's really not that difficult to no. just you know film, you know, film yep. the couple good angles of you yep. know the basic baseball activities and yep. upload those things and then send emails you know yep. it's it's not really the hardest thing if you care you know about yep. you know going to the right school so you do you guys get a lot of those emails yeah yeah quite, quite all the time yeah 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 which is, which is great and and we work to and, and one of the problems in, in coaching and and again I, I get it to an extent i mean we get we get we get a lot of emails we can get a lot Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there's a lot of coaches that don't respond they just don't, you know, and I just don't think that's right. I, I, you know, we do our best to respond to every email that comes our way. Um, even if it's just, you know, Hey, we got it. You know, you're not in our database, fill out the information, get in our database so that you can be, you know, in our system so that we can update you on the events that we're at, you know, all that stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, just, just go from there. Mm. You know, so. So I would say don't for those players that send out emails that don't get a response to it, don't don't get discouraged. Just, you know, just keep plugging away. Um, yeah. Send, send them more. Try and find dig on the, the company website to try and find, um, uh, you know, uh, maybe a direct email, you know, because like we have a baseball at chapman.edu email that's kind of comes all of us. But then also I'll have my own email and, mm-hmm. you know, are recruiting for it. So maybe you can find that somewhere else. As far as that's concerned, to try and get to somebody directly, you know, to make sure that you're trying to uh, to be heard. Because, I mean, the 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 biggest thing that I do, I mean, you might think, uh, you know, when I, out in the recruiting trail, you know, we're we're bringing kids in and we tell them, you know, that they can play for us. But the thing that I do the most is I tell people that they can't play for us. Um, you're you're not good mm. enough. Um, you know, yeah. that's the thing that I, that that we have to do most. Um, as we go through and that that helps the the player too. just say whether it's like i said outfielder you're an outfielder your actions are 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 solid but we're loaded in the outfield it's not a good spot for you not a good time for you to be a chapman as an outfielder um or there's just things you know someone looked at your your video it it just doesn't look like your your skill set is good enough for us yeah so that'd be pretty humbling (laughs) yeah and that's and that's the thing that we do the most you know but um to a T, it always happens, you know, when I have to do that, you know, you know, coach, thanks for your honesty. Um, you know, I appreciate it because now I can try and find the, the, the place. I'm not being, you know, towed along. 
oh, Chapman might be a possibility. I might, I might be able to go there. I might be able to go there. Um, it's, it's just like, hey, uh, you know, Chapman's a great place to come to school. Um, you know, this is what I have to say every year that, you know, at the end of the school year, you know, um, you know, of course, I'm still interested in Chapman. No, I'm sorry, our recruiting class is full. Chapman's still a great place to come to school and get an education. I you know, highly encourage you to take a look at it from that vantage point, but baseball would not be an option here for you. Yeah. Um, is there uh is there anything you could tell that kid, you know, maybe any, any advice that you would give to a kid who maybe doesn't have the skill set quite yet, but he, he could, you know, yeah. in the future, it's possible that he does yeah. gain that skill set. Yeah. Um, it, that's a tough one. Uh, Cause you want to, you know, still try and stay, stay positive. Look, the easiest and the most that we're always going to use and because it's the most true is that lots of times their skill set just isn't good enough because they're not strong enough. Yeah. Simple as that. They, 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 they need to eat more. They need to get in the weight room. They need to get stronger because um, there's a lot of things that happen within the swing. Um, and I'm going to go back to it again, that consistency piece. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of things that happen in the swing that as the pitch gets faster, sharper, all those things that if I don't have the strength to put my body in the position that it needs to be in, it's going to break down because my brain is yeah. really, really a neat thing. My brain is going to do everything in its power to put the barrel on the ball. So that means if it means throwing off my mechanics, it's going to do that. Um, mm -hmm. So, um, you know, so it just might stop being effective. So strength is, is always something that, that can change, you know, what, what you're doing Yeah. as far as a kid to try and put yourself in a better position, you know, to, to make a team, you know, in the future. Um, but again, that those, those numbers say it's very, very difficult. Yeah. I mean, and it just goes hand in hand with, I mean, almost everything else. If you're getting stronger, you probably have a uh, consistent uh, schedule that you're working with and uh, that's helping you get stronger. And maybe you couple that with uh, some hitting practice to work on the actual yep. bat to ball skills too. And, you know, in that your mechanics, you know, your swing mechanics actually get better too, because you're able to move your body more efficiently and yep. quicker. I yep. mean, it's, it's pretty I don't want to say it's cut and dry and like, you know, that there's no secret formula, but uh, just working on getting stronger is like, yeah. that's got to be the foundation of it. Yeah. Sure. So, so I like that you said that. that it's going to change a lot of things. It's going to change a lot of things for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I have one last question because yep. you've been a coach, you know, you're ex very experienced as a coach and I'm sure you've had plenty of visits. Do you have a most like memorable recruit on a visit or any anyone that just like jumps yeah jumps no, that's right a, now that's an easy one it'll be a lot it'll be a long time ago so it was when i was at redlands um and, okay. and there's quite a few but this one is funny because just of what happened and what he did um <clears throat> so it was the early 2000s because it was a vhs tape you know so you used to oh, mail yeah. tapes you would copy the tape and you would mail it to the coaches so that they could watch it we plug it in the vcr and and watch the tape, you know? And so this kid, um, he was out of Moreno Valley, one of the high schools in Moreno Valley, uh, mm -hmm. as at Redland, so right over the, the way. And uh, he sends me this video. And so I pop it in the VCR. And, and so he's in his backyard and he's at, on a basketball court. He's got a you know, nice little half court basketball court and, and he's there okay. shooting hoops. Um, and he's shooting, shooting hoops terribly. Like he's... <laughs> just okay you know, trying to do a layup and, and you could tell he's kind of goofing around doing it on purpose um yeah but <clears throat> just throwing up bricks going for a layup and throwing it off the backboard really hard and it's going back and, and it goes on for a good minute you know as he's trying to do different things okay i'm now i'm gonna shoot free throws and air balls and, and all this stuff and you're kind of going 
what's going on? What did I what buy is this? Yeah. And, and so then he goes back to like three pointer and he, he shoots a three and bricks it and he grabs the ball and he comes up to the camera. He's all, well, coach, as you can see, I'm not a basketball player. <laughs> um, here, take a look at my baseball pitching highlights. And <laughs> so then it goes to him, <laughs> him uh, you know, doing what? Some... <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh man, that's and, about as like not to the point as possible. Yeah. And, and, and so, um, you know, so he ended up, you know, he actually ended up being a pretty good pitcher and he actually came to Chapman. Um, wow. Where, where he came, he didn't pitch a whole lot here, um, but he actually came, came to Chapman is where he came to school. And so uh, it was really, oh really funny that, you know, kind of going, what, what am I watching here? What's going on? And then, uh, you know, all of a sudden, hey, coach, I'm not, as you can see, tell, I'm not a basketball player. Uh, here's my pitching highlights from, you know, this summer or whatever it was. And so, uh, I mean, even if you are a basketball player, like why, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> why are you yeah. showing that? Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. I've never heard anything like that. Yeah. I mean, funny. I guess he's trying to show off his comedic side and maybe he's yep. just yep. He, thought he it would. trying to be funny. And, uh, yeah. Oh my, it, don't do that guys. Don't yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you don't need to do that. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely not necessary. It's kind of just yeah. a waste of 60 seconds, but I guess it makes yeah. for a great story. Yeah. That is hilarious. Yeah. Oh my God. And the fact that he even came to Chapman too. Yeah. I mean, at that point, it's like, yeah, you know, he's kind of, I guess if, if you're going to do something like that, you got to back it up with some good pitching highlights. Yeah, that's know? right. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. That's crazy. I've, yeah. Wow. Again, never <laughs> heard anything like that. Um, yeah. That's so odd. Yeah. Um. Wow. I mean, I feel like we've covered all our a lot of bases. You know, hopefully all of them. Uh, yeah. And I hope you know listeners can get a really good sense of what your program is like. And this is just me personally, from what I'm hearing. I mean, I would want to go to this program, like one that actually you know accepts me for who I am and uh, is invested in the process. Like that is for me at least, uh, just like a pillar of who I am as a player, you know, just focusing on the process. Um, And like I said, I think it contributes to so much success on and off the field, um, like we've talked about. Um, Yeah, I mean, I hope you got everything uh, that you that that you hoped out of this. Um, And I'd like to, you know, keep you on, uh, you know, after this, but um, Coach Scott Laverty, thank you for the time. And um i'll talk to you shortly shortly after we sign off thanks jack thanks for having me on um it, it was a lot of fun great thank you guys